Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, we're going to be talking about some great issues. Like, for instance, did you know the problem in America is right-wing extremism? <laughs> At least that's according to Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson. Do you believe him? We're going to be talking about the hostages and what's going on with them. Some are still being held. Uh, not all the Americans have been released. I mean, to me, it seems like Hamas is uh, kind of slapping the United States in the face. Um, and we're, you know, we're not doing anything, it seems. Um, you know, Biden behind the scenes, he's handling negotiations. Yeah, right. Handling nothing. Hey, what about that debate between DeSantis and Newsom? Me, I thought it was a knockout punch for uh, DeSantis. What did you think about Newsom? Like to hear it, wouldn't you? It's going to be a great show. So I want to start off today talking about Chicago Mayor uh, Brandon Johnson. Maybe you haven't heard of him yet, but uh, you will. Uh, he's, he's, a, um, he's a guy, upcoming, far leftist, you know, kind of like Newsom guy, uh, good-looking black man, uh, intelligent, uh, well-spoken, and uh, he's blaming the, the migrant crisis uh, in Chicago on his predecessor, Lori Lightfoot, you know, another you know, left-wing wacko, but in any case, and he's blaming it on the right-wing extremists. Now, he was asked a few questions at uh, a recent news conference, and uh, I got the clip, and actually, we've got a few clips for you. We're going to listen to what he says, and then we're going to kind of talk about it, because this is interesting, because what it does is it really exposes who these guys are and what they're really all about. Um, the far-left philosophy is in action with this guy. And I'd like us to look at exactly what he said. So the first question that was asked to him was, what would you want to see from the border deal that's being discussed in Congress? And would you want some limits placed on the flow of migrants from other cities and states? Great question. Let's listen to his answer. Here's clip one. Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. Okay, so um, interesting response. Um, going right to the right-wing extremism in the country and then, of course, you know, turning it around that we're targeting, you know, black people, people of color, um, always bringing it back to racism. Now, they have no facts, um, so, so they make it about race or they make it about feelings or they make it about anything but the facts. So how has the right, right wing extremists, how have we targeted uh, democratic cities. I mean, I was thinking about this and I'm going, how did we target those cities and people of color? I mean, just what have we done? What has the MAGA movement done? Um, how are we targeting? Hey, that's what this guy is saying. And I want to know how we're doing it. Well, we're not. But just because guys like this and other far left radicals, um, just because they're called out, 
for, door, for their uh, obviously failing policies. Um, they, their response is, you're targeting us. You're, you're coming against us. So in other words, instead of talking about the subject at hand, it's about them. We're attacking them. But the truth is, we simply have a different philosophy of governing. <laughs> we have one that works uh, compared to they who have one that doesn't. The one thing about the left is that they never talk about the issues or the facts. It's always about you know inclusion, diversity, equity, uh, all of these nice sounding terms. And it, it always it always ends up that you and I have to give up more freedoms and more rights for the few on the left. Um, for those who don't really want to be what I would call a part of the whole. In other words, they don't want to assimilate into this nation. Instead, they want us to take care of them. They, they want the rest of society to cater to their weakness or to their lack of desire or lack of motivation. And, it's, and it, to me, it's always those who don't contribute to society who want the rest of society to take care of them. They, they can't work 40, oh, 40 hours? You want me to work a 40-hour week? I mean, I hear it all the time from this young generation. They're out of their mind. But, you know, when you have older people, you know, like this guy getting up there and kind of, you know, falling into this whole idea, you know, um, they can't work 40 hours because, well, that doesn't make them happy. <laughs> Hell, my grandfathers weren't happy. I'm sure they weren't thrilled about having to work in a factory when they got here to America. But I know this, they were thrilled about being in America. They were thrilled about being an American. And if it meant sacrificing or if it meant hard work and long hours, so be it. Because they understood the greatness of America because they came from a place where there was no hope to America where we're filled with hope. I don't know, the spoiled brats today, they have no clue. And, and, and some of it, I believe, is our fault. Um, you know, my grandfather wanted, you know, my dad and me to be able to have a better life. And I, I want my kid and I want my grandchildren to have a better life than me. That's a good thing. We all want that. But it's to what degree? In other words, are we, are we sheltering this generation so much that they don't get to understand that it does take hard work? It does, not, nothing comes easy to people. Even the real rich, rich and famous and wealthy, uh, for, except for those who inherited it, um, they worked for what they have. And, and so we have to be careful that, you know, not catering uh, to, the, to our children and grandchildren so much so that it comes back to bite us in the backside later on. And I think we're seeing some of that right now. Uh, we all want something more for our kids than we had. But the problem is most times it's the trials of life that create the strength that helps us to endure, to prosper, to thrive, and to be successful. Um, but instead today, this generation... Is, is being taught to be more of like a, a leech, you know, sucking off the lifeblood of others. And that never works out. It doesn't work out for you because, let me tell you, sooner or later, we peel the leech off of us. And guess what you do with it then? You peel it off and you throw it on the ground and you crush it. 
you step on it. Well, let's continue to listen. Okay, here's clip number two. Listen carefully to what he has to say here. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this, that particular party has been about. Right, this is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. Okay. <laughs> well, He's not answering the question. He's dancing around and blaming everything on somebody else. You know, it's our fault. And, well, we didn't, uh, you know, uh, accept Obama as an American. And it's the same Republican, you know, extremism. Uh, we're the ones that stormed the Capitol. We're the ones that failed to accept the results of the Civil War? <laughs> what the heck is he talking about? I mean, this preacher is getting on a soapbox like Obama. Listen, folks, I've kind of given up on that whole thing, okay? Trump pushed it as far as he could, but there's no proof that Obama is born in America. There's no proof, zero proof he was born in America. And, and you know, I have the nagging question in my head. Why wouldn't he want to put that to bed once and for all? As president, if, if I were questioned about whether I was born in America or whatever, I, I, would, I would have a conference. I'd go right on TV. I'd call all the news media. And I'd say, here's my birth certificate. Here's my doctor. Here, I would put it to bed. Why would they leave it there? Why would anyone be reluctant to clear up the issue of birth? And, and why would the establishment come out in droves and circle the wagons around Obama and come against everybody like me who was simply questioning, you know, where was he born? Well, we all know the answer to that. It's because we're the right-wing extremists. We're the ones that stormed the Capitol. We're the ones that refused to accept the results of the Civil War. You, you see how they circle everything around? I mean, this guy's a slippery fellow. Okay, always turning the subject to something that's not about what he was asked. Always looking to divert away from the facts at hand. So what I want to do is I want to follow his diversion. And I'll tell you, I really wish I was there. I, I, I wish I were able to be in that room that day uh, and, and have said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Mayor, I would like to follow up on your answer. Um, so, Mr. Mayor, which party was it that refused to accept the results of the Civil War? See, I know the answer to that, okay? And not because I Googled it, but I, I Googled it because I wanted to be sure I had my facts correct. But you go online, and you, I just pulled it up here on my computer. You pull it up, and you could read for yourself. After the Civil War and the Reconstruction... The Republican Party, what, wait a minute, what, wait a minute, what's that say? The Republican Party was seen as the friend of the Negro. Wow. The Democrat Party that support, it was the Democrat Party that supported segregation and white supremacy. <laughs> the Republican Party promoted African American equality. Oh, wow. You can read on. It says, Abraham Lincoln and the radical Republicans, 
okay, in quotes, in Congress fought to end slavery and to give back, uh, I, I'm sorry, and to give black men full citizenship. So I, 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 where does this guy come up with this stuff? See, what they don't know is their own history, or they do, and they try to divert away from it. History will tell you, you could read on here, and it says, during the 1870s, the Democrats took over a lot of power in the Southern legislatures. And they used that power to use intimidating tactics, okay? Who did that? The Democrats, okay? They used intimidating tactics to do what? To stop the blacks from voting. Oh, wow. So you see, they look to turn the issue onto something completely unrelated. All the while, we have people like the journalists, so-called journalists, that were there during this time when he was taking these questions. And these so-called journalists, unwilling to seek out the real truth. They just take what the candidate says, oh, well, thank you so much for your glorious answers. <laughs> Look, America is suffering and will continue to suffer um, unless we embrace truth once again. Because if we keep allowing this kind of lies and fabrication to run rampant, then evil is having its way. And sooner or later, the majority of our beautiful cities in America, you know, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, um, some of the most beautiful places, really. I mean, California is beautiful. So is New England. It's beautiful. But if we don't embrace truth once again, the, these larger cities are going to be nothing but a mirror image of what San Francisco and New York City have become. Uh, they become nothing but a large tent community where human, ra uh, human waste on the streets is the norm, drugs and alcohol running rampant, and human dignity is gone. All right, so let's listen. This guy rambles on. This is clip number three. Listen carefully to what he says here. Look, Pastor Will Hall, who's also an alderman of the Sixth Ward, visited the border. He saw the chaos firsthand. And so part of our effort to go to the border was to make sure that there was better coordination with, with the flow of migrants who are seeking asylum here. And this is not unprecedented. When the Ukrainian refugees found their way to the shores of America, there were 30,000 of them right here in the city of Chicago, and you don't hear a word about it because it was coordinated. There was federal dollars that were attached to those families. So now he's still talking about, you know, the border issue and, you know, what he would want to do with immigration. And, and, and he's, as he's rambling here, he's saying we need better coordination and, uh, you know, we need the flow of migrants who are seeking asylum here to be uh, better coordinated. Um, then he uses the example of the Ukrainians, how they find their way, uh, they found their way to the shores of America. Yeah, Ukrainians found, they just found their way. Now, they didn't find their way. It was our crazy administration that brought them here. Anyhow, 30,000 of them just in Chicago alone, okay? And he said, you didn't hear about it because it was coordinated. And then here's the key. He said, there were federal dollars attached to those families. Did you catch that? See, it's always about the money. The families are incidental. I mean, they're not concerned about the families. They could care less whether they're white, black, Hispanic, 
All they care about is getting more federal dollars into the coffers so that they can create more programs, local, state, and federal programs, so that they need more money to get more programs, to get more money, to get more programs, to hire more people. The cookie monster wants to keep growing. I mean, that's what happened with COVID. That's what it was all about. People died, but all they wanted to do, the blue states, that is, they wanted more money. See, they all wanted to look like heroes, okay? Uh, just like today, the mayor of New York City is now, oh, I don't know what we're going to do with all these migrants. But he was the one that was acting so righteous just a few months ago saying, we'll invite all the immigrants, come to New York. Just come. We'll take good care of you. <laughs> yeah? And once they came, it's all about the money. They need more money. Yeah, they're putting these migrants in hotels, uh, feeding them good food. They're destroying the local commerce. They're giving away the farm. How long do you think that can last before you go broke? And then guess what? You still end up with these tens of thousands of people all in need of food and shelter and medical care and jobs. And let's face it, America, I mean, we might be a little crazy, but we're not heartless. I mean, sure, these people came here illegally, but we're not heartless. I don't want people dying on the streets. I don't want people to go hungry. I don't want someone who needs medical care to not get medical care. So once they're here, we have to do what's right. I mean, you know, they should, you know, get jobs. And oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have never said jobs. I mean, what am I? What am I thinking? They can't work. I mean, we don't want them to work. I mean, how dare we demand that they carry their own weight? Oh my God. No, that that wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be inclusive. I mean, why should we? Why should we do that? See. Folks, if we don't wake up soon, our nation is going to be so overrun with illegals that nowhere is going to be safe. You know, I'm not saying that all these migrants, all these illegals are evil or bad people. I'm not saying that. But I bet you a good 10 or 12 or 15% of them don't have good intentions or good motives. What do you think is going to happen if they don't get what they need in the large cities? Well, they're going to end up finding their way into the suburbs. God save us from our own foolishness. All right, listen to this last clip. Okay, here it is. Listen carefully now. This is the key to what's going on. And so to your question, yes, it has to be better coordinated. As far as limitations, we have to have parameters that respect the dignity of families who want to call Chicago their home. It is, it is, it is abysmal. And it's an affront for everything that is good about this country, for the extremism in this country to use people as political tools to settle political scores for something that happened 400 years ago. They're still mad that a black man is free in this country. Did you catch the key words in there? We have to be better coordinated. We need to have parameters that respect the dignity of families. Okay. Um, coordinated uh, dignity um, we have to you know be careful of the extremism in this country who wants to use these people as political tools and then he says something so outlandish okay to settle a political score for something that happened 400 years ago that's what he says uh, to settle a political oh, what I'm confused okay what happened in 1623? What was happening in America 
1623. Um, I mean, could it have been the second celebration of Thanksgiving? Maybe, maybe that's it. Mm. No, nah, there was no black people there then. No, there were, there were none. It, could, it couldn't have been that. As of 1650, my friends, there were only about 300 Africans in America, and they were in Virginia. And they accounted for less than 1% of the overall population. And these uh, men were not, mainly men, they were not slaves. Listen, not. They were not slaves. They, along with, listen, this is history, 4,000 white indentured servants. The blacks that came first here were not slaves. They were indentured servants. And here's what it means. In order to be able to get here to the United States from wherever they were coming from, if they didn't have money, if they couldn't pay their own way, if they didn't have something to give them a value, then they would sell themselves as working you know, servants uh, until their debt was paid. So they were here working out their loans for passage money to get to Virginia. Well, each of these people, okay, the 300 or so blacks and the 4,000 white indentured servants were each granted 50 acres when they were freed from their indentures so that they could raise their own tobacco. <laughs> well, well, well. And the truth shall set you free. They weren't slaves. And most likely Brandon Johnston doesn't even have a slave in his lineage. Listen, we know slaves did come to America. We know there were people that did. But a lot of them were black men who brought their own blacks here as slaves because they were looking to make money. These Democrats today will stoop to any level to gain our sympathies, uh, kind of like, what's her name, uh, Elizabeth Warren, oh uh, yeah, claiming to be a, uh, of Native American descent. <laughs> Listen, it's not extreme to desire our borders to be secure. It, it, it's not extreme to want our government to provide a safe environment for me and for my family. It's not extreme to have make sure that I and my wife can go shopping, you know, on a beautiful, you know, fall evening downtown um, to know that we're not going to be attacked by hoodlums and criminals. That, that's not extreme. It's not extreme to have our children taught the basics like reading and writing and arithmetic. Um, it's not extreme to want to eliminate the indoctrination and the sexualization that's being pushed on our children in schools. But you see, they push these agendas, and the only way their agenda is revealed is when they're challenged. Now, I'm talking about Brandon Johnston, okay, the mayor of Chicago. And uh, he along with a uh, strong, he's got a very strong city council. They're almost all progressives. And since taking office just a few months ago, him and his crew have slammed through some very controversial proposals to gain more control. Now, we need to know this because, see, this is the plan of the far left. This is the plan of the progressives. So what they did is they limited the public's ability to get involved in public forum or public meetings. I mean, isn't, isn't that completely the opposite of what Dems always talk about? They talk about transparency, openness. But when it comes down to it, 
they are far from transparent and open. Let's face it, they're not. Johnson and his staff, okay, got control and greater control by limiting the citizens of Chicago from being able to participate in their own government. And here's what they did. They decided that the public would no longer have direct access to the second floor chamber, which is where they hold their meetings. Instead, they relinquished everybody to the third floor where they're gonna be sitting behind a glass wall and have a limited view. They, they can't even see, they have to stand up to look over the balcony to be able to see the proceedings. And as far as hearing it, they can't really hear clearly. Transparent, my eye. When these people say transparent, what they really mean is just the opposite. See, that's how you understand the left. So Johnson and his progressive council are pushing through policies that are going to hurt businesses in Chicago because that's what the left does. In the long run, it will destroy Chicago once and for all. And all of these ideas, they sound so altruistic. They're wonderful and, and so nice and beautiful on paper, but in reality, you cannot solve, for instance, the problem of homelessness by giving the homeless homes. Number one, they, can't, they don't have a job. N number two, they, they, they have no desire to upkeep or take care of it. Take care of it. So you, you can't solve homelessness by giving them a home. You can't solve someone's lack of motivation or lack of desire by giving them things because they have serious issues. Many of them, let's face it, they have mental issues. They have strong social fears. And, and, and many have disorders that can only be handled through proper long-term treatment programs. But what has the left done over the past 20, 30 years in my life? I've seen it right here in Connecticut. I've seen it. They close down the facilities that give long-term treatment to these people because they say it was inhumane and it isn't right. We can't keep people and they need to live free. And they sound like us. We want people to live free. The problem is they don't know how to live free. The problem is they are not able to take care of themselves. So they let them go on the streets like they did here in Connecticut. And the streets are full of people who can't take care of themselves. So now they need new programs, new money in order to start other programs to try to house and feed and clothe and care for these people. Do you understand? The left is always looking for different ways to take our money to make more programs, to take more money to increase more programs so that the cookie monster can keep growing. See, they believe that, like, well, they try to sell to us that, you know, listen, hey, we do this, then magically, the people are going to all feel better tomorrow. They're going to wake up the next day, and they're going to have a better disposition and better outlook on life. No, that isn't true. Now, listen, I'm sure there are some people that are just living through a difficult time. You know, there are people who've been, you know, dispossessed from a job or, you know, lost their home for whatever reasons, you know, maybe have medical issues or lost a family member, who knows. And for those, a helping hand up may be a good thing. But for the most part, throwing money or material goods at people who have no uh, motivation or desire, it goes nowhere and it only leads to more problems. So, what Brandon Johnston wants to do is he wants to implement even more programs that sound good like that. For instance, he wants to give the tenants more protection against landlords. Okay, Listen, 
I, I know about here in Connecticut for sure, but I know about other places. Tenants can get away without paying rent. I mean, today they could squat in your property. You can't even get them out. The landlord has little recourse. Okay, He wants to enact a new program called Just Cause Eviction Ordinance, a Just Cause Eviction Ordinance, which is going to do nothing more than give the freeloading, good-for-nothing loafers another law they can use to get away with paying rent. He wants to publish an online registry. Okay, listen. An online registry of landlords so that the tenants can go online and find out about the owner and about contact information and where the owner lives and his way to be able to get in touch with him. This is an absolute way to ensure you will have less and less rentals down the road because who's going to want to be a landlord? So what it does is it further reduces the number of rental units. Once again, liberal philosophy is self-defeating. Purposely, purposefully, which plays right into their ultimate plan, which is bigger government. Bigger government. Smaller government is what we believe on the, on the right. Bigger government is what the left believes in. They want to build more housing. And of course, if they build more housing, they'll need to administrate it. So it's going to be a lose-lose proposition. And eventually the buildings will decay from disrepair just as they have as in countless cities around this nation. I'm sure you have some in your area where you live. Every time the left has tried this experiment, it has failed. I, I, and again, personal experience. In my town, I've seen it multiplied countless times. I know of one building that in 15 years was emptied and rehabbed three different times. All with government monies. Okay, why? Because the only ones who made money were the contractors and the politicians. The politicians get the graft. And the contractors have the continued work. The tenants, oh sure, they get a rat-infested hole of a building that is built shoddily and is never meant to be maintained. It's built, okay, for the money. And then allowed to be slowly put in disrepair and destroyed for the money. So it could be rebuilt again for the money. That's the cookie monster. The more it gets, the more it wants. And the monster is never satisfied. The government is the cookie monster and it is never satisfied. You can't reduce a program from you know, getting $1,000 a year to getting $999 because that's called you're cutting the program. You're reducing the program. You can't do that. Even if you would just want to reduce the percentage of increase, you're still an evil person. The evil left. I'm sorry, the evil right. That's who we are. This guy, okay, this is Johnson now. He wants to partner with banks and lenders to create a specialized loan product. Wow, this is a new idea. Gee, I've never heard of this before. Are you kidding me? This has been out forever. He wants to make it so that the, the, you know, the, uh, the uh, people who live in Chicago, okay, uh, who can't afford to have a house, can get a house. Okay, so you can create a special credit program that can extend loans to these families who can't afford to buy a house. Now, listen to me. I spent decades in the mortgage business. I own two mortgage companies. And if someone has bad credit, it is because they are a bad risk. And if you extend credit to them, they will eventually fail. Statistics don't lie. These are called subprime mortgages, and they are a huge moneymaker. Yeah. For the originator, and for the lender, and for the secondary market. 
The loser is always the backer. Gee, who's the backer? Oh, the government, which is you and I. The loser is always the backer and the borrower. So what the left does is the left uses the people, the borrower, the poor, the, the, the unfortunate, those who don't know better, uses them in order to increase uh, their ability to make money and all of their cronies in the banking industry, all of their cronies in the federal government. It's our job to keep an awareness of these type of jackals that run for office. It's necessary that you and I keep up on these people because we understand who else is going to shine the light on their antics? Who else is going to hopefully awaken some people to the truth of conservatism or libertarianism? Hell, being anything but a Democrat is a step up. So <laughs> did you hear about Chris Cuomo this week? Did you hear about him? He, he's, he's, he's open to voting for Trump. <laughs> He's open to voting for Trump. I, I got to say, at first, I, I thought this was a parody. I thought this was some kind of a joke. Um, I, I, I mean, Chris Cuomo is the kind of guy, to me, okay, um, that I just don't like. I don't know why. It, maybe it's his attitude. Maybe it's the way he comes across. I don't know what it is. But And I've seen him in places, you know, outside of his job, you know, on the streets of New York or in interviews or other places. And uh, he's got a cocky demeanor, you know. And for years on CNN, he was always that cocky guy. You know, all the rhetoric spewed about Trump being the worst and all that. Um, and now he expects me to believe that he would vote for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess he wants us to believe that all that time he was on CNN, he was just playing some kind of a role. Um, it was some kind of an act, you know. Um, listen, it was no act, okay. Cuomo did not like Trump and does not like Trump. And, and I know now he's supposed to be a little more on the centrist side because this job that he's taken on required him to be more centrist. So um, I guess he had a moment of awakening. <laughs> Come on, this is nothing but a ruse. He's not being objective or a centrist. He didn't have an awakening. He didn't have a come to Jesus moment, okay? He is just being the weak, pathetic liar that he is. I mean, the possibility of so-called journalists considering voting for Trump, to me, is, 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 is dis disgusting. It's despicable. Because once the real candidate appears... Okay, on the scene. And I think that's going to happen for the Democrats next year sometime. Okay, uh, maybe at the convention. I think that's the only time it could happen after this period of time is up here where anybody who can go through the normal system uh, misses that. And the only time is at the convention. But um, once the real person who's going to be running for president comes up, I mean, I know the Democrats sometimes, I don't know, maybe, they, maybe this is planned out too, maybe not. But I think sometimes the Democrats even step in it themselves. And I don't think they're stupid enough to keep Biden on the ticket. I mean, if they are, okay, well, I guess they, they already got a way to cheat. They already know that they're going to steal the election because that's the only way it's possible. But if anybody is seriously convinced that Chris Cuomo had a change of heart, <laughs> don't believe it because these guys are like chameleons. I, I don't know if you know what that means. They, they change color to fit their environment. So... 
Let, let's not fall for it, okay? Don't fall for it, guys. So the one Gaza is, seems to be fading in the news. Um, we've got some hostages have been released. Uh, but to me, this whole hostage thing is, um, I don't know. It, 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 there's, there's something about it that just doesn't feel right in me. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, the Israelis. I know they always go to the extreme and, you know, bending over backwards to do what they can. And I respect that and I honor that. But, you know, they release 10 of our hostages and then they give them 30 terrorists or whatever the numbers are. I'm not claiming that that's exact. I'm just saying, you know, um, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I have a bad feeling about this. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I don't think so. But I believe many of the hostages are already dead. And these terrorists are looking for a way to buy time uh, to plan their escape. Uh, I, I, I mean, let, let me ask you this. I, I, and I know if Trump were president, we wouldn't even be in this place right now because Gaza would never have done what they did to Israel. But let's just say for the sake of it, Trump is president tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, <laughs> how many American hostages do you think would have been released on that first round? All of them. That's how many. All of them. Why? Because Trump would have made it very, very clear. Either you get all of our hostages or we're just going to blow you to kingdom come. It's very simple. What they're doing now is they're slapping us in the face. Okay? Uh, the, the, these, 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 these men, if you want to even give them that title, they're slapping us in the face because they know we're not going to do anything about it. Hmm. I wonder where this is leading and what it's going to go to. I have fear that this is probably not going to end well. <laughs> so did you get an opportunity to watch the debate uh, between DeSantis and Newsom? I mean, if anything, I thought it was pretty good the way uh, Sean Hannity handled himself. He did a great job. Um, I think his questions were you know, pretty much right on. Uh, he kept things in check. Um, and I, personally, I thought it was a knockout for uh, um, I think it was a knockout um, because I think DeSantis really put um, Newsom in the clear light of day so that all of us can really see what a chameleon he is also, you know? He, he's trying to be everything to everybody. He's slick, okay? But what he did was I think he pushed it too far. Newsom was always changing the topic, always diverting to something else. I mean, if he just one time answered the question and stood his ground, I think he would have got a lot more people say, hey, well, maybe, you know. But he hardly ever, I, I wish I could say never did. I, I didn't keep track of it. I was watching it and I wasn't writing anything down. But I, I believe he hardly ever gave a direct answer to any question. I don't believe he ever did, but I'll just say hardly for the sake of it. And um, what he did instead was he divulged who he was. It just he was exposed because he was constantly talking over uh, both Sean um, and 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 talking over DeSantis. I mean, he didn't. He he was trying to get his his talking points in, but it was never like. I'm answering your question. It's more about uh, I'm, I'm going around the subject. I'm, I'm talking around, just as we talked about today with Brandon Johnson. This is what they do. They bring up other things in order to try to distract from the truth at hand. 
Now, I got to admit, DeSantis did that too a couple of times about certain topics. But let's face it, politicians do that in general. But as a, as a way of uh, constantly answering questions, you got to wonder why is someone so slippery? And of course, we know because Newsom has a track record. You know, we could see it. Okay, we know the price of gas. We know what his people pay. We know how many companies have moved out. We know how many people have moved out of California. And they did and they moved because it is not the best place for the average American. Oh, the rich and the famous, sure, they can live there. They can afford it. They can put up with it. They can do what they want to do. That's okay. Besides, they're friends with the left. But don't allow you and I to try to stay in a place like that because they won't allow it. You know, they just tax us into oblivion. They basically want to keep that beautiful state all for themselves. I think that's really what it's all about. But hey, what do I know? All I can say is 2024, it's going to be an exciting year. I am, I am, I'm honestly sitting on the edge of my chair thinking about what's going to come about in 2024. So hey, listen, if you like what you hear, um, would you give us a review? You know, please go online and write a review for us. Good, bad, or indifferent. Let me know. Tell your family. Tell your friends about us. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, make a note. Tell me which you know topics you'd like to hear me talk about, or some topics you'd like to see me uh, you know discuss. And maybe we we'll get some other interviews in here. I think you're gonna see it, and we really appreciate your input. Thanks for watching Exposed, the Kalo Podcast. God bless you, and God bless America.